Welcome back to Friends Like Us. Marina Franklin here, your host. This week on Friends, it's all comedians and it's a great show and we're getting into those hot topics. Welcome back, Super Girl World. Suba has written for the movie Plan B on Hulu, The Jim Jeffrey Show on Comedy Central. She made her late-night debut on NBC's A Little Late with Lily Singh. She also appeared on season three of HBO's Westworld. She's so smart and funny. Mia Jackson is back, my Georgia peach. She tours nationally with Amy Schumer. She has two specials, Unprotected Sets on Epics and a half hour on Comedy Central. And Mia was a semi-finalist on season nine of NBC's Last Comic Standing. Erin Jackson is back. Welcome, Erin. Erin made her Netflix debut on season two of Tiffany Haddish Presents. They ready. And she has appeared on Late Night with Seth Meyers, Conan, The Ella DeGeneres Show, and Last Comic Standing. Erin writes for the hit Netflix show, The Upshaws. And check out her comedy album, Grudgery. I want to thank all of our listeners of Friends Like Us. Because of you, we make some pretty impressive lists. You can hear us on Google Podcasts Now, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and Apple Podcasts. Review us, rate us on Apple Podcasts. That's important. We give shout-outs to those on our YouTube channel. Subscribe. Make sure you turn on the auto-download function for Friends Like Us on Apple Podcasts. You can email us at friendslikeuspodcast at gmail. Our Instagram is friendslikeuspodcast. And Twitter is friendslikeus10. Become more than a friend. Leave us a tip or donation by going to our Patreon page. Go to Patreon backslash friendslikeus. Special shout out to our Patreon friends. It's because of you. We keep going. And now we have a feature on our platform that we record every Monday where you can be backstage while we're recording. Yes, only available to our Patreon friends. Merch is available. We have t-shirts, hoodies, coffee mugs, face masks, and yes, tank tops. They're all available. All you have to do is go to my website, marinafranklin.com. Weekly on my YouTube channel, I go live with my assistant, Evelyn Frick, and my wacky friend, Dave Juskow, to give updates to the show. We shout out fans who leave reviews, and we have surprise guest friends from the podcast stop by. And sometimes we offer free stuff like tickets to comedy shows. And with friends like us, it'll help you feel not so alone because... More content is on the way. Tell a friend you know to check us out. Stay safe. Wash those dirty little hands. Wear a mask still if you want to. I do all the time. It's a new variant and it's breaking through the vaccine. So come on, folks. Booster up and wear a mask. Oh, yeah. The monkeypox get vaccinated. And Black Lives Matter. Oh, my God. This group is so much fun. We all know each other. I don't, I don't have to like. Fill in the gaps, and you're fun. <laughs> and I've got the two Jacksons. I've got, I've got Aaron Jackson and Mia Jackson, and that is like that's like a dream come true to have the two Jacksons. There'll be no accidental tagging. <laughs> no, no accidental tagging because I have both of you. You guys get accidentally tagged all still all the time. Yeah, all the time. Wow. Oh my god. People haven't figured it out. It's like you're Mia, Karen. One of us is six foot tall. <laughs> the other one is not. 
but all the time, all the time. So, and then Suba, who we also have here today. Suba, a girl who's been incredibly busy (laughs) and as proud as I am, I miss you. Uh, I was like, what the hell are you doing? (laughs) I miss you and I love you too, Marina. Uh, Yeah, no, I have been. I've been, um, well, because I decided, which for the best or for the worst, I I was trying not to um, just take another writer's job that I didn't think was going to either work towards helping me sell a show or raise my like quote unquote profile. Um, So it's just been like a lot of that. And I've been trying to focus on acting. So it's been a lot of like last minute. Oh, you have money for two weeks and now uh, good luck. And here's 70 jobs you have to apply for. And now you're working really hard 14 hour days for like a month and a half. And now uh, nothing again except for terror. So it's been like a lot of um, I don't regret it yet because I am I've been able to do some of the stuff I want to do. But yeah, it's been like hell on my schedule and it's been um interesting. <laughs> The up and down, mm-hmm. the lack of consistency. Yeah, right? Aaron too. Aaron's been writing for Upshaws. The Upshaws. Yay! So cool. Yes. Season two and, now uh, streaming. Well, first part of season two now streaming. The back eight episodes will come out in a couple months. Yay! They've been doing that. It works. It gets <laughs> me in, and then I'm like, wait. Ah. Oh, yeah. Hey. <laughs> because people wanna, will eat them up right. They'll they'll watch it in two days. Yeah, and then it's mm-hmm. over. You know what I mean? So you're right. And that how do you mm-hmm. keep the viewers right. on the platform, right? Yeah, they figured it out. Damn it. <laughs> they did that with Stranger Things. Mm-hmm. And I was like, wait, is this is this it? Is this <laughs> over? A couple of times I was confused when that happened. I thought the season was over. And then I find <laughs> out like a couple of months later, oh, there were more yeah. episodes. Yeah, because you're like, it ended like that. I don't understand. <laughs> oh, <my. laughs> yeah. yeah. And Mia, Mia, you've been writing too. I mean, have I? No, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> sort of can. Yeah, 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 yeah. I have been. Why am I diminishing? You're right. I have yes. been. Yes. Yes. Um, writing is a frustrating animal. We're all writing. We're all doing it. How do you... Huh, I, could, I could start... The, I, we could make a whole show about this, but I will. I will start with this. Like, how do you feel like... We're all women of color now. How do you feel? Do you feel like the that it's changed? It's gotten better being in the rooms? Well, I'm writing on a black show. So, you know. Are they all black writers? <laughs> no. Um, we have three white writers in our room, but we have a big room. There's 11 of us. Mm. Oh. Um, so, yeah, yeah. And, and one of our... I mean, two of our writers that are right, they're a married couple that write as a team. And then the other man who is our a writer, he's written for everything. He wrote for, he wrote for girlfriends the whole time. Oh, he wrote, shit. so he's been on. So it's been it's been interesting, like that show. But I've had other experiences, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I tell our listeners, we can only tell you a small portion. There's a backstory we can't tell because right. it's on the the thing forever so be careful of what you I share just, right right i feel like so much of the room just depends on who's in charge like every room has such a distinct culture so it's hard for me to be like oh it got better because i could just be in a better room um because it's like it, it it's like who's 
the showrunner and like who is the person we're writing for because they set the tone and then everything dances around them so if they're super toxic the show is in the room is going to be toxic so it's like very room to room um but i will say um i don't want to say like companies or like brands they're like more conscious of like trying not to like if you're a super famous comedian they're not going to tell you shit but like the writers they'll be like, okay, um, don't say this, this, and this, because we're worried it'll offend X, Y, and Z group. Um, which honestly, like, I think I'm pretty conscious of stuff, but I still make mistakes. And I'm, I'm like, happy to have somebody be like, oh, shit, I didn't even think about that. And then like, pull it out, not a problem. Um, mm-hmm. So it's been like, interesting to see. You mean in the script? Or in the in script. Just as, yeah, oh, so okay. it's like, they'll send it off to uh, the producers or, and then they'll take a look and be like, oh, be careful with the wording here. Or like, pull out that joke or whatever um but then of course they'll only say this to us but if they have like a super famous person on the top or a guest and they want to do something they don't say shit so it's like they're conscious of shit unless you're super famous which is why i think like the showrunner and the head person set the tone more than like the current uh i guess environment for what's going on yeah that showrunner is super mm-hmm. important they had a, a tutorial with writers guild I went to that too. You were there. Mm-hmm. I saved it. I, I still haven't gotten through the whole thing, but where they, you know, where you can pick the, sh- where you have to really set up that room Earl, uh, you know, fast, but right mm-hmm. at the onset. And they were talking about that. You know, the energy that you have in those rooms is really important. Yeah. It's yeah. interesting now because we've been coming out of a pandemic and we talked about like, all these energies and different things. And now that we're back at the reality of working with other people, working with other people is hard. So things happen, mm-hmm. you know, toxic mm-hmm. things. Cause you know, you're passionate about your writing. Right. So a lot of stuff comes out. I mean, you're writing emotional things. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. that you really care about. So it, it it is an interesting world to say you can't be toxic when people are writing sometimes even the content is is toxic Mm -hmm. in itself you know what I mean so how do you how do you honestly share in a room where you have um can easily offend someone yeah I mean it's like the internet and twitter is gonna twitter but I think if you're just honestly (laughs) trying to be a good person you know what I mean like everyone gets defensive and like you're not an entertainer without having an ego otherwise why the hell would you be on stage if you didn't have like you know um something you're trying to feed and compensate for but if you just like are honestly trying to listen to other people and like you are (laughs) you've been to therapy once and you can like talk to other human beings right and you like (laughs) apologize and you grow and you listen like you're probably gonna be fine that's not to say somebody isn't gonna pull up some shit you said 10 years ago but the internet's gonna internet you know just like try and listen try and be good try and learn and then 99% of the time I think you're gonna be fine you know um yeah it's approach it's learning how to challenge an idea or you know even just the right wording mm -hmm. okay but what if it was Mm -hmm. maybe you know could we Mm -hmm. like (laughs) not you can't be like that's stupid. I have a better idea. Like, you know what I mean? And then, that is the thing I learned. Yeah, yeah. I this you're so right. I didn't yeah. know it was how mm. you yeah. 
challenge another person's idea. And you gotta you have a better. Say, you gotta have an idea. You can't yeah. just say no. That doesn't work. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. Like, you gotta not. have an idea. Yeah. yeah. Because what do you yeah. have? Can Can you beat it? Like. Um, <laughs> but in terms of like offending, like actually like offending people, yeah. That's that's um. Yeah, I think that comes with the the makeup of the room and the personalities in the room, and you just don't know. Some people are just gonna be offended. Sometimes you have a room where people are pretty evenly matched and everybody respects everybody, and then you're going, okay, well, yeah, that's gonna be a couple days of a joke, and we're gonna make you feel bad about that, and then <laughs> it'll be over. You know. <laughs> yeah. Are you finding that Mia in your writing journey? Oh my. That- Oh, this journey I've been on. Ooh, no, um, no, you know what? Because I, 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 this, this is actually making me think back to the one of the earliest um, things I ever uh, wrote for, and it was it was it was mostly it was mostly mostly black, and um, you know, look, I always have to temper like, let me make sure no one's gonna go through and figure out what I'm talking about. Yes, I am. <laughs> But I, yeah, be but careful. I, but I do remember there being certain things where, um, from what I was working on, we were also getting feedback because it, it was an award show. So we were getting feedback from what the people, you know, that were presenting were going to say. So there were lots of things like behind the scenes where I just had to learn like, oh, okay, you know, even if I think this thing is okay, it still has to run up a whole list of a lot of people and also get to that person, you know, because we would say something to go, oh, this is great. This is hilarious. And they would be like, <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm not going to say that thing. Or no, nope, if I say that, you're going to make me look, look stupid, you know, and then we would be like, but no, but we're playing mm-hmm. off of this thing about your personality. And then they would be like, nah, I don't want to do that. Don't make a reference to this thing. Don't joke about, you know, so it was just a lot of stuff where we would get even sometimes before we would even write something, it would be, oh, we heard from this person's their people and they said don't say this they said don't make fun of this show they were on or they said they don't want to reference you know this part of their life so it was a lot of stuff where we would already be you know constrained beforehand and we would have to go oh okay well now how can I try to make this thing funny and maybe not offensive about (laughs) this thing this person feels very Mm -hmm. you know uncomfortable about or they don't want out in the world so it was very much a lot of tempering that kind of thing to be like is this cool is this one okay you know so that 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 happened a lot so that's that's what I um you know dealt with but definitely very much the approach thing where like oh but what if what if we could we do this instead could we say this and then that would actually kind of help a lot but it was it was a lot to deal with too just because we were dealing with people's PR people and you know just it was it was wild. And I can remember one of the first meetings that we had where one of the people from the show came in, looked at the script and was like, oh, you think I would say this shit? Does this sound like me? And then they looked at me and he was like, did you write it? Did you write this line? Who said this thing? And then I was like, but I knew who wrote it and I couldn't say anything. Right. And everybody in the room was just like, let's change it. It's fine. And I was like, Oh God, what have I gotten myself into? And I'm like, and I did not, I did not get in any other rooms for a long time after that because I was like, oh God, that was so Yeah. Yeah. Very toxic. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So yeah. So yeah. It's it's so nice to hear though that we are at least learning these things now. Cause like previous to this, it was just white people in the rooms. 
mm-hmm. knowing how to navigate. And they had years ahead of us in learning how to mm-hmm. navigate these experiences, mm-hmm. you know. So it's nice to hear that we're in these rooms now and learning these very because it's all in the details. It's very specific to like like you can you could be on a on a webinar all you want, but not until you're in the room mm-hmm. dealing with it and learning do you really get the experience. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. Um now to talk about Dave Chappelle, which <laughs> I do quite often. Um, even though I love him to death, but what's in a name quietly drops on Netflix. I didn't even know it dropped. Me either. That's how quiet it was. Yeah. I didn't hear nothing. Yeah. Did you guys mm-hmm. know? randomly from a post where I was like, what's this? <laughs> like, that's how I, yeah, I didn't know otherwise. Yeah. I only knew from the, this, this uh, article. I only, I, yeah, I saw it the other, I watched it the other day. I opened it up cause I wanted to watch the upshows again. Cause I keep watching it <laughs> because I want the views to be, I just leave it on. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. I'm like, let me just go in the other room and put the upshows on. My nieces loves it. So much. She was just like transfixed on it. I mean, but yeah, Chappelle. Show. Sorry. Yes. Mm-hmm. No, go ahead. <laughs> yeah. So that's how you you opened it and you watched it. I did. To my surprise, I watched it. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, you know, it says here without much promotion, Netflix quietly dropped a new Dave Chappelle special titled Dave Chappelle, What's in a Name? The special was recorded last month at Duke Ellington School for the Arts where students objected to renaming a theater after the famous alumnus following his remarks about the members of the LGBTQ plus community in his controversial stand-up, The Closer. When he returned to his alma mater after the chaos that The Closer made, he asked where he fell short. And as a result, many students had a lot to say. Additionally, the masses online still appear to be divided over their support for the star. While many championed Chappelle's comedic styling, many felt the speech was just a continuation of his harmful work. He says, the more you say I can't say something, the more urgent it is for me to say it. And it has nothing to do with what you're saying I can't say. It has everything to do with my right my freedom of artistic expression that is valuable to me. And this is my biggest gripe with this whole controversy with the closer that you cannot report on an artist's work and remove artistic nuance from his words. So Suba, I see you have a lot of expressions as I read that. (laughs) I, um, well, I mean, I just think like being someone saying, well, first of all, no one's saying you can't say shit because Netflix still keeps giving him special after special after special. Um, it's more like you shouldn't say that. And it's not necessarily like, I think there's an urgency where it's like, oh, they're repressing an idea or a point of view, but that's not an idea or a point of view. Like, I don't really consider like, oh, this person's existence is wrong to be a point of view. Um, it's just, um, I don't know. It's like, it's not because free speech is important when you're speaking truth to power and like, Trans people are some of the most marginalized in peril members of our community. So you're not speaking truth to power. You're just speaking something nobody wants you to speak because these people are suffering so much. So I just don't necessarily think he's doing what he thinks he's doing, if that makes sense. 
I agree. It does. Yeah. 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 yeah it absolutely yeah. makes sense. I think people um, get yeah. so hung up on what freedom of speech really means. Like you said, nobody's stopping you from doing it. You're not going to get arrested for doing it. Mm-hmm. You're just hurting people's feelings and saying things that why? <laughs> like, like why? Yeah. 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 Yeah, there's no yeah. reason. No, I'm just saying there's no there's yeah, there's no reason to just keep going. I'm gonna I'm just gonna say it again and one more time. And one more time for the back of the room. And one more time for the people be like, <laughs> it's like we hey, we've we've heard it. Settle down. It seems like You're to fine. be a rich person's <laughs> disease. I, you I, you know what? That's hmm. I, that's one of the conversations I've had, you know, just amongst you know, friends and stuff when we talk about like comedians and just what, you know, what people say. And I'm like, I was like, I think when people hit a certain tax bracket <laughs> with comedy, you know, or just anywhere in entertainment, it's like it just any any, you know, it is anything goes and there's also the thing where I'm like, do you miss that part where you weren't at that level and now you got to find another reason to feel like something's happening to you so that you can feel something to react to if that makes any sense you know where it's like when you're in your early stages of comedy you're like yeah of course i'm um you know i'm gonna um, i'm I'm punching up yeah and i got something to be upset about but it's like well now i'm i actually think everything's pretty good so yeah and it's not really a thing you know yeah yeah you're living i totally agree you're good so yeah what do you think of this thing of i i constantly hear from a certain comedian that comics shouldn't talk about other comics in this in this moment like with Chappelle, like hands like comic comedy is on attack so you need to defend (laughs) comedian no matter what Mm. Like I'll say, I'll jump in because I know I keep throwing it to you guys and and putting you out there and make you say things <laughs> that is going to last forever on my podcast. But I'll say, I'll say that I absolutely agree with all of you. Like as much as I love Chappelle, like I just don't get it. I I'm like you have um, such a huge platform with so many people that you, and you're disseminating the wrong information um, and. Why? Like what? And it's gotten to the point where it's kind of strange. It's like we would like to see you be funny about so many other things um, and move on from your point. Um, and you're, so it, it, it is, feels less artistic, actually. It feels more obsessive. I will say this. And I mean, whatever. Come Come at me. I just feel like anybody who is always the victim or always the hero of all the stories they tell about their life. Mm. It just isn't, it's not real, right? Like you can't, somebody can't always be attacking you. You can't always be right. Like be honest, you do ugly things that you have to apologize for in your life. But I think in this case, he's like, I have this platform no other comic has. Nobody's going to take it away from me. I'm making these people money. Like the, the need to do because you can is not a, is not a good motivation, right? Yeah. Artistically, like if, if, if you, you know, I can say this because nobody's going to take my money away. 
is yeah. not a reason to say something. So, and yeah, it's just, it's so weird to me to be fixated on like, I mean, it's not weird because like trans folks are being used as like a wedge issue and a distraction. Um, but it's like Chappelle is brilliant. He's a very intelligent, like performer and just like human being altogether. Like his perspective was always so informed always so like um unique and it's like you look at what's going on with the world it's like there's serious shit out here that's like literally america's democracy could be crumbling and it's like and yet you're (laughs) focusing on trans folks when there's like so many other things where it's like if you want to speak truth to power there's so many opportunities for you to do that but this isn't it so why focus on this and then make it that it's just very bizarre where people are like oh well this is uh this is under attack. I'm like, mm, what's actually under attack is like voting rights, um yeah. environmental right. change, uh women's are uh people <laughs> with uh uteruses ability to get health care. Um there's so many actual things that are under attack. Right. And it's just weird to fixate on this one thing that Fox News has literally propped up as like a wedge issue. So it's very bizarre. Uh, yeah, I I don't get it. Yeah, I've, I just don't. I don't. No, nope, don't do it. Don't no, say it. No. <laughs> yeah, I'm going yeah, yeah, to close on just, I don't, I don't, yeah, just, it we'll does. No, on. it was something but that yeah. I was going to say that I was not telling you not to <laughs> yeah. say. But I do think, yeah. so you brought up a good point. Republicans use this. Mm-hmm. This is their, um, so who was it who told me this? Hannah Gatsby, who, you know, he called out. I love Hannah. And Hannah was like, Oh, it's, it's a playbook. Oh, that's me doing her. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it, yeah. That's how they use oh, people to put pe- pit people against each other. <laughs> yeah. So, and it's true. It's like if you can, you can get people on your side by using the LGBTQ plus community, IA, um, to say they are talk they're trying one they're trying to replace you right it's all in the handbook it's also like <sighs> you know they're taking away your freedom of speech it's and then you start to sound like the right actually that's that's what's happening is it's 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 um indoctrination in a sense through the attack of that community mm-hmm. it's perfect for their playbook you know because uh, when I listen to him now, I'm like, you sound very Republican. You know, you you have. And the thing is, it's you know, his views aren't necessarily that. I think it's just he's dug in. Yeah. And so now it's, you know what I mean? And it's like, oh, you're letting people that don't agree with you use your words to further their agenda. Yeah. It's like, you know, what I mean? yeah. it's so frustrating. Yeah. Yeah, because <laughs> you're yeah. like you're not that person. You're right. just having a personal thing over here, but because you have such a big platform, people are taking your words and using them to mean all kinds of things. Yeah, to justify yes. all kinds of actions and beliefs and whatever. Yeah. So, and that should be upsetting. Yeah, to him, yeah. you know, like that should be the thing that you shouldn't want to be used in that way. <laughs> and then the kids spoke. You know, they spoke up. I I keep telling everyone who's older in comedy, there's a young generation that I am in touch with that I talk to. And I I would think they are, too, but I guess not. If you talk to them, you can see overall 
they're not a, they're not a fan of that. And you know, young people sell tickets, right? Uh, or buy tickets, and young people are going to be your audience. As they are your audience, and it's like at some point you're going to lose audience. I, I I don't know if it's happening, but I feel like it's starting to shift in a sense of what people really want to go and see and support. I don't know. And don't ask for people's opinion if you don't want to hear what they have to say. <laughs> you can't say, where did I go wrong? What did I get wrong? And then somebody says, well, this is what I think you got wrong. <laughs> and then you yell at them and then make it special about it. Like, I just don't go there and ask. You know, yeah. now, I will be honest. I do get annoyed at young people telling me terms. It, it, it's very difficult for me, but I try to get it right. Like the whole like your joke, Aaron, about unhoused, homeless. Like I was saying homeless on stage for a while with one joke. And then I recently was like, OK, now I guess I got to say unhoused. But the thing is, is I always feel like we get so locked up in these terms that we don't act that's the problem with young activism, mm -hmm. I think, these days, is that you get too locked into how you say it and not change it. Yeah, it's like, did you, vol did, did you, did you volunteer at the unhoused shelter then, now that you've corrected me? <laughs> what have yeah. you done still? I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry, I said it wrong. But also, you have to, activism is about doing an action, mm -hmm. not just you know, correcting mm -hmm. semantics. Oh, not that that's not important in some cases. Yeah. You know what I mean? And necessary as times change. But, you know. I have to question myself sometimes in why I often get angry about a young person coming at me about saying something wrong. I do get the initial, as a stand-up, I do get initially angry on stage. Mm -hmm. And I have to question myself. I'm like, what is that? Does it ever happen to any of you or... Is it just me? Yeah, I mean, I, I I get defensive and angry sometimes because it's like, num because a lot of the times when people come at you or they quote unquote like correct you, they're, especially online, it's just the most vitriolic, hateful shit where they're like, um, oh, you said like, I didn't know spirit animal was something that the indigenous community doesn't like people using oh. um, as like a thing. So like, instead of being like, hey, this is actually like very important to this group of people. Don't use that term. People will be like, oh, you're a stupid bigot. And like, fuck you. You shouldn't have a job. And then they'll, they'll just come for your whole life. And then it's hard when I'm in that fight or flight to just sit there and listen and like look for the information they're giving me through paragraph after paragraph of I'm a dumb bitch. Like, it's just really hard. Yeah. So a lot of the times it's the way people are speaking to me. And it's like, it's kind of like messed up because I'm I'm grateful that somebody has like given me this information because I don't want to keep doing something that's like awful. You know? I didn't know that either. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't. And, I didn't and honestly, I didn't take it seriously when somebody told me that. And then um, my fiance was uh, his first, which is weird. He's just Christopher Columbusing his way through pussy. Like his first wife was an indigenous woman. And now it's me, an Indian woman. I'm like, what is happening? He was married to an indigenous person. So he's very familiar with that community. And he went on a whole 10 minute rant because I was like, this can't be a thing. And I was like, oh, shit. OK, sorry. You know, um, but 
yeah, apparently it's like very offensive to them because it's like very sacred. And then like white women in yoga pants are like, this ice cream cone is my spirit animal. And they're like, oh my God, <laughs> what is this? Yeah. But I didn't know, yeah. but people will just like, ascribe the most negative intentions to you and then they'll attack you and try and hurt you for a genuine honest mistake so it's hard not to be like um yeah defensive because you feel like they're that maybe that's what it is you that you feel like they're attacking your intention yeah as opposed to the mistake mm-hmm. yeah yes and you you yeah. want to defend your intention yes yeah. yeah yeah that's such a good point it's, it's like I was up there and this girl in the audience, uh, she says, yes, it is unhoused. And I was like, oh, God, someone please <laughs> make her unhoused. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I'm sorry. You just made me think about a time where I, it was a joke I used to do years ago where I was referring to something in my my life. I was just making fun of my dad saying something about my aunt's girlfriend and like at the time like and that's all but it wasn't like I wasn't saying that he was making fun of her for being gay it was just like something she said that I was like oh my dad said this to her or whatever and then afterwards like this woman cornered me after the show and was like I just want to let you know and I was like oh god like like just like in the you know lobby of a comedy club and she was like you know I um when you started saying that I mean I was ready to hate you but and I was like, oh, but you listened to the rest of the mm-hmm. But she was just like, but she was just like, because you know, and she she was a lesbian and she was just, but it was just real gruff and just kind of real aggressive, you know. And I was like, lady, like, what is happening right now? Like, I because I was just minding my business and I'm like, oh no, 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 like oh, that's not what I was was trying to say, but then it but it did, but I will say it did make me go, oh, well, let me make sure that when mm. I'm saying this thing that I'm making it very clear mm-hmm. that I'm making fun of my dad in this moment and not that I'm trying to hurt anybody from the LGBTQIA plus community. Like that's not, that's not mm-hmm. the thing, but I definitely was like, Oh God, like where do I go? Like <laughs> this lady is cornering me outside, you know, but, but it was, helpful, and that's the, you know? that's the work yeah. that we have to do now. Yeah. That's the only thing I keep saying to people is what is it in you that you don't want to do that work? Like, just ask yourself, like, it's an extra, it's an extra step that should have actually always been there. It's just, you're not used to us being here or you're not used to that community being in the room or being at the table, Mm -hmm. you know, so do the extra work. Okay. So now let's go to this, um, cause I love Aaron's joke about Clarence Thomas. I put it in my stories, (laughs) you know, I know so Aaron. It's, so, it's great. so great about I Clarence Thomas. Oh. Can you do you mind sharing it or should I t- go to her page? Yeah. Watch it in my go reels. To, watch not, it on her reels. Let's Aaron not get Jackson me quadruple has, canceled on this podcast. Okay. So it's just look at her reel, but it's a really, you know, it's a tough time for um pro-choice. Kamala Harris urges voters to elect pro-choice Congress in midterms. What do you think? You think that's gonna happen? Like I keep want, I keep getting confused about gerrymandering. Like if you're, I had said this recently, if they're gerrymandering, if I'm saying that right, how can you, I feel a little defeated with votes. Am I right? Yes. Is it in this election? Because someone said I was wrong. Someone said that was not for this election, the gerrymandering. 
Um, I mean, I think there are some congressional maps that have been approved that are pretty heavily gerrymandered, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, But I mean, that's just a continual process. And it's like, yeah, technically, if everybody I think there's like technicalities where it's like if you got involved and got everybody out, you could potentially overcome these uh, gerrymandering obstacles. But what is like the reality of that. But then the problem becomes if you just give up, then the gerrymandering also wins. So I don't know, but it's also very frustrating. I mean, I'm sure you're going to talk about it in a, in a minute, but it's like, I'm obviously going to go out and vote and I'm going to try and convince everyone I know to vote. But also like when this administration isn't fighting for any goddamn thing, it's hard to be like, well, let's get out there and let's fight for somebody who's literally not fighting for us. It's, so frustrating. I agree with you. It's just, um, what can Biden do? That's my question to you all. Like, I feel like we're learning, or I'm learning for the first time. It feels like the president has no power whatsoever. What can he do? Um, well, first of all, I genuinely don't think uh, this old ass Catholic man who supported the Hyde Amendment for years and only which says that federal funding can't go to uh, towards abortion. Um, so like any sort of like money that goes towards like um public health care wouldn't be able to be used for abortion and stuff like that. Um, He's not doing shit like he could if he hadn't supported the Hyde Amendment, if he had supported like um, getting rid of that, then he could have abortion clinics on federal land, even on red states. And there's technically he could still sign that executive order and then wait for it to be challenged because of the Hyde Amendment and then be like, OK, right. then we have to strike down the Hyde Amendment. They're just giving up. They're not even putting up the fight. Meanwhile, you look at the other side. They're pice- passing all of these laws. They pass illegal laws all the time. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like just do something. Illegal laws. Yeah, I know. <laughs> but it's like, wait, at least do it. At least sign the executive order. At least take those actions. At least create a mess. You know what I mean? And it's like, they're sitting there going, oh, we can't do this. We can't do that. It's improper. Because he did it with the COVID mandate. Mm-hmm. He did it with the COVID mandate. He knew. He put it out there and they shot it down. But during that time, you know what I mean? It's like, yeah, I think I think yeah. you're you're very right. But I think also he he anybody also beyond that would still be handicapped for a lot of the things in his agenda. Right. So aside from that, yeah, without, without, with people on your, on your, on your, in your party who are not on board, right. Which is, you know, you can't make everybody be on board, but because it was so slim, like there's nobody that could have gotten these things passed with Joe Manchin right. and Kristen Cinema. They just yeah. have different priorities. I don't know what hers are, mm-hmm. but they're different apparently. Um and we know what Joe Manchin's are. Right. You know? It's and so the worst. <laughs> it's <sighs> the worst. So it's like, yeah, if we could, you know, w- we could, you know, we Democrats could keep the Senate. You know, it's possible, but they won't win the House. And then we're back to, you know, I mean, they're they're winning. Republicans are winning and they're in the minority and it's bananas. It's bananas. <laughs> yeah, that's what it's like. What? Because um, the Supreme yeah. Court and like some progressives are out there saying what he uh, could be doing or like what would motivate people. And I do agree with them. Like AOC is like 
tell people specifically what you need to get this done. Because just saying go out there and vote when we've already voted doesn't. What districts? Yeah, it's like, what districts do we need to flip? How many seats do we need? What are you going to do? And then the reason I say it doesn't feel like he's fighting is because he's not willing to like, because I'm like, oh, you're, you don't want to like piss off to centrist Democrats. Like Manchin and Cinema aren't coming along. So that's done for me. That whole entire work across the aisle mentality is done for me. Like, tell me you're going to fight for me. Tell me you're going to change the Supreme Court if they keep doing this yeah. bullshit. But he's not willing to. He's just like, oh, we won't pack the court. I'm like, for what? It's an illegitimate court. Like, for what? They literally he yeah. finally did say that. He did say that about the court, but he's just not doing anything. He said it's a it's a um what a, his exact well, I don't know what his exact phrasing was, but it was pretty they said it pretty strong words for Biden. Yeah. But he I don't think he's willing to pack the court yet. No, he's not. Yeah. Mm-mm. He's gotta pack the court. Cause it's it's not it's not yeah. You gotta do it. Yeah, you're right. Wow, this is not up for debate. And it's not in the Constitution. There is precedent for the numbers changing. So Yeah, they've already changed. Yeah. Wow. It's very weird. It's, it's very, it's... I mean, I mean... Now, and then, my niece says she wants to go to England, and I'm like, well... They got a problem. <laughs> uh, I mean, you know, you could go over there, but, but Ukraine has them. You, Russia has them like Russia's like their pimp. It's like, motherfucker, you ain't going nowhere. That's what Russia's doing. Really? You ain't going to come get this gas, bitch. <laughs> right? I mean, they have them in. It's 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 crazy how... For years, you don't even realize how Europe is is actually funding this war in Ukraine. Right? Am I right about this? You mean I via mean, oil and yeah. gas, you mean? Yeah, via oil. So they're, I mean, they're in a tough spot. So I wouldn't go there. What about Switzerland? What do you think? There's nowhere to go. Is, We're is trapped. Switzerland <laughs> deciding to fight yet? I don't think so. <laughs> no. In anything? You know what? We need to <laughs> we need to put them on blast. Because Switzerland they're don't be getting involved. In, have they gotten involved in anything? No, they're, <laughs> yeah, they're are they famously neutral about everything? Like, yeah, yeah, they're they're like we're good over here. It's You're like Prince Michael Jackson. Ass. Don't I don't have an opinion. <laughs> right, uh, <laughs> right, right. So my black ass decides to move there, <laughs> and they're gonna be like, "Whoa, wait, whoa." <laughs> Yeah. Um, okay. So, what do I else do I have here? Yes. So, yeah, the executive order. Just so to put into context for Biden, the executive order calls for expanded access to abortion medication in states where abortion has not been outlawed. It doesn't say whether this will include eliminating the current medically unnecessary restrictions on the drugs or making them available over the counter as abortion rights advocates have called for. It asks HHS to make updates to current guidelines for emergency medical care in an effort to reduce deaths in pregnant women whose doctors refuse to intervene in medical crisis for fear of harming a fetus and incurring liability. It does not call for HHS to solidify these guidelines into a rule that would more forcefully protect women's lives. 
this is the part I don't I don't understand they they don't get that women's lives they just don't like if I for example going through breast can, uh cancer or any patient going through breast cancer having birth can be deadly for them it can cause you know estrogen levels to change and it could cause cancer to happen if they're going through chemo it can you know, it's it's so complicated, but, you know, I remember when I was, I didn't understand that because, you know, they don't teach us anything in school about our bodies. So I didn't understand that very simple thing of like how much pregnancy can actually be a risk to my life if I'm going through cancer. Had no idea. Thought I still had all these options, but I don't. I had a doctor say to me, well, you could have a child but there is a risk for you being that it could change your hormonal level. Totally didn't know that until I was actually going through it. And this is what the problem is, is men don't go through it. Mm -hmm. Or should I say ejaculators? <laughs> I just learned that from my last episode. We call them ejaculators now. What? I'm learning. Wait a minute. <laughs> you don't want to exclude anyone who's, you know. Wow. Ejaculators. Okay. Yeah. Huh. So, oh. so birthing, what is it? Birthing people, people, birthing, birthing people, yeah, birthing people and ejaculators. I never, birthing. I not heard ejaculators oh. before. That's so like me, me either. That's so reductive. It's awful. <laughs> I had, um, there can be another way to describe that, right? <laughs> I know, but it, I didn't want to get canceled, so I took, <laughs> it. I took the explanation, even if the, the goal is the goal. We, there could, maybe there's another word. I don't know what it is, but it can't be. You ejaculator. <laughs> they got all these ejaculators in the Supreme Court. That is. Yeah. That is that's, kind of like that's going to change. It's going to change a lot of joke premises. <laughs> <laughs> Are, Are you dating with an ejaculator? The ejaculators. Uh. Wow, I don't. Macy Gray got in a lot of trouble recently yeah, for saying did. some very yeah. honest things that she had to say. That's the thing. It's like I didn't see the interview, but I, I, I'm, and I, it's Macy Gray. I mean, you know, she won't remember. <laughs> <laughs> She's definitely high. She doesn't remember any of those interviews. She'll be okay. Yeah. She was Fine. in a horror movie, Fine. and it worked. Can I tell you, it was a scene, I forget what movie it was, but she played like this whore, this person who was just cutting up people and it worked because <laughs> she was terrifying. <laughs> Think about it. Think about Macy Gray as a person who's just cutting up. I mean, it. She has a, She does have a murdery voice. <laughs> yes. A murdery voice. I'm just saying. All right, so let's go on to, this is separate, and then we'll go back to, um, well, no, I think this is important to mention because we've had a couple of t uh, weeks off from the podcast and things have happened, like the shooter in Highland Park, which I, I'll mention, that's where I grew up <laughs> until I was about nine. Um, and for a lot of our listeners who don't know the geographic map of Illinois, Highland Park is an hour outside of the city. Right. When you say Suva, mm -hmm. yeah. uh, from some areas, it could be even further. It could be two mm -hmm. hours if you're from, you know, like the south 
there's the north suburbs and the south suburbs, and then there's the central area of sh- the city of Chicago. A lot of us just say Chicago, so that's why everyone's confused. <laughs> it's not your fault. It's just that people who are from Illinois just say they're from Chicago because yeah. it's easy. But Highland Park is like they used it in a lot of movies. Um, I, I don't think it was actually Ferris Bueller's Day Off. I think they show that, but I think they actually filmed it in California. Oh, yeah? So I'm not sure, but it's the ideal suburb, ideal American suburb where this shooting took place. What? How did you respond to it, Suba? Did because I know you're. Close. Yeah, my family's like uh, 30 minutes out, like two, three suburbs over. Um, I mean, I it was just like really, I mean, terrifying, but also, I don't know. You know, at this point, like I'm trying not to be numb to it, um, but it just was like extra scary and like upsetting because it, it was so close to home. But at the same time, it's like I'm so uh, unfortunately accustomed uh, to this happening. So it's just it's more of the everything's bad. <laughs> like, everything's bad. And I don't see how it's going to change uh, in America right now. So it's very, um, yeah, it's just really scary. Yeah. Being that I was in Chicago at the time mm. at a chosen few picnic with 40,000 people outdoors. Mm. And I, I have to say, I, I knew and I was fully aware that um, something could happen and I was conscious of it. I'm looking over my shoulders all the time. And then I, I, I know this is controversial, but I saw the police and I was like, oh, thank God. Um, just because I saw so many of them in so many locations that I was like, well, at least they're here in case some, I mean, I, we need protection. We deserve protection as a black community, but in the right way. And nothing happened. And, you know, they never put that in the news about, Black people in Chicago, in large festivals, it's only been a story of gun violence on the south side of Chicago. They don't show that. Black people thrive in Chicago, mm-hmm. too. You know, and we do need to show that so that we can see what's po- what's possible and what can be. And then now we have this happening in Highland Park. So, you know, where I, I always say to the, you know, White people, <laughs> you know, if you don't protect black people, it's coming for you too. Mm-hmm. And it just did. I don't know if that's a that's a crazy thing to say, but I just feel like a lot of times white people turn their eyes away from the violence that's happening in a poor neighborhood yeah. and think, oh, this is never yeah. gonna yeah. happen here. One thousand percent. It's um yeah, no, it's all bad. <laughs> just need like it's all but do you do you change the plans that you have because based on what's going on in the united states uh aaron i'll ask you that i mean i don't really go anywhere <laughs> so no not necessarily yeah that's not something i actually think about still you know what i mean like i'm still I, I, but I, yeah i'll be honest i don't i don't think about that when i go out but i think um I had a thing I was trying to say before you asked me the question. I was going to say, I was going to interject okay. and I can't remember what it was. Oh, but it was damn. about that. It was about gun violence. 
Oh, Black yeah. People. No, because you were talking about, but it's, 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 it's not even, I mean, yes, it is about, you know, ignoring other communities and, um, and not thinking it's going to happen here. But I just think, you know, as a, maybe I, I would say an American thing or a societal thing, but maybe it's just a human thing, just a selfish human thing where it's like, yeah, I want to fix a problem as long as I don't have to sacrifice anything. Like I'm all for fixing something. And I think that that's how so many um, people, everyone, I'm going to include myself because there are definitely issues where this happens, I'm sure, in my life. But it's like you think of yourself as a good person because, yeah, you're for a thing, right? But you don't understand how your unwillingness to even give up a little mm-hmm. is what's stopping that thing from happening, right? You as, as long as I don't have to lose anything, yeah, I'm all for it. Yeah, make better schools. Just don't raise my taxes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, let's, you know what I mean? It's, 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 I, and I I understand the impulse, but it's it's why we're not changing. It's why we're not changing. Like, mm-hmm. you know, but I, yeah. Gotta give up mm-hmm. a You gotta give up. You have to be willing to give up something in order to get something. Um whether it's an assault rifle that you don't need, um, but just because you can, mm-hmm. right? Like we're same thing. You can, you can, because I can, I will. What are you well, using that gun well, for? Who needs an assault rifle? Like what? When? Do, <laughs> right. When did they just? Dis- yeah. Who is there? Someone that needs that? The military. That's it. Not a regular person in a suburban. What are Republicans fighting for with the assault rifles? The fact that they can. Mm-hmm. Oh, the yeah. fact that they can. Yeah. Yeah. The, I mean, I, I think it's just always wild to me when I hear, you know, um, white people that I know when they're, because they're always speaking about their relatives. It's never the thing that they, the person, the white person you're talking to. It's always my cousin. And I'm like, okay. Um, <laughs> you know, or my grandma, you know, but it's, but it's, but I, I've heard like white people I know go, you know, like, yeah, my, my 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 family, you know, who lives in this neighborhood somewhere off, no one's going to go to, no one wants to go to anyway. And they're just like, got to be protected. I'm like, why? Nobody wants to go to wherever you live mm-hmm. anyway. Like, what are you even, what are you, what are you arming yourself like that for? You know, like you're in a regular neighborhood, but just like this, this thing of like, they're coming, who? Yeah. No, nobody's like settle down nobody's coming but it's but it's always just some random off thing somewhere far away that it's not going to and, and it's like so like to me it always just kind of breaks my brain to be like what what do you have that for like you have a fence in a neighborhood with the gated community calm down like calm it calm it all the way down it just it just it just i can't ever Make it make, don't make need sense. An to me. Yeah. yeah. It's a religion. Yeah. It's its yeah, yeah. own yeah. religion. Yes. When you know that there are 300 million people in this country and more guns than that, like yeah. that's I mean, it's it's a religion. It's you've seen those people with them spread out all yeah. over the driveway, and you're just yes. like, it's like I collected stickers. It's like, look at all my guns. <laughs> I'm never gonna use them all. You know what I mean? Right. But I just I get to have them. And, and yeah, 
it's a myth that's been like debunked again and again and again. And people refuse to yes. stop believing that like, oh, in the good guy with the gun theory, if I have an assault rifle and it's been proven in mass shooting after mass shooting after mass, even with the Highland Park, they were saying there were tons of armed people and like police officers out and they couldn't stop somebody with an assault rifle from creating committing mass violence because it is such a powerful weapon. You're not actually protected by having those in your community. You don't need them for protection. Like all you're doing is increasing your chances of dying by permitting this to just be throughout the community. It's truly like insane. And it's like, even if you wanted guns for protection, why aren't they Somebody, I mean, this was going around online, but it was like showing how regulated you have to be to own a car and like what goes on with a gun. And it's like, why is a car held to a higher standard than a rifle? And it is true. Like, just regulate it. Make sure it's like you can have it. But yeah, make sure it's reasonable and we're protecting each other by keeping it out of. And he was great. I mean, they I guess I'm not supposed to say mental. And then they had all the signs. Mm -hmm. They are all the signs, right. and then his father approved it. So I mean, he yeah, so they had mistakes. already been, they had already taken his stuff, and and after you know, um, Prime Minister Abe's murder, mm-hmm. they all that stuff started circulating about how regulated guns are in Japan, where you have right. to go through, you have to go to a shooting range, you have to go under go mm-hmm. mental health screening, you have to report to the government where you're holding your gun, and that your ammunition has to be separate from your gun. You have to be. I mean, they have all these regulations and they've had like nine, nine gun murders in the year that we've had. What was it like? 30, yes. 38,000. Mm-hmm. Like it's, 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 it's crazy how that guy got in though. Yeah. And he made that weapon, right? Yeah. Crazy. With, they show the, how he, yeah, which I hope they don't show too much. Yeah. Um, it's, and, you know, and it's, I mean, it says, uh, this, yeah. Okay, this and it just makes me think about like the time I actually went to a gun range because, um, um, you know, my 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 boyfriend, he was like, hey, I want you to go. He was like, I want us to go. He's like, because I need you to see. I mean, not that I was sitting around going, I got to have an AK-47. That's not mm-hmm. that's not what happened. But I'm saying in general, he was like. Hey, I just want you to see what it's like. He said, because I need you to. He's like, because he was he had been in the um, um, Navy mm-hmm. back in the day, so he was just like, you know, I want you to see and see what it feels like, like to see what kind of power you have in your hand with just this handgun, so that you can, you know, like just you can have that feeling. And I just remember us going in there, we're doing all the stuff, and I was just like, like. Like it was so frightening, you know, just to have a handgun, you know, and just and, and this is all protected. You know, we've given our, um, you know, IDs and signed, you know, did all this stuff so we could participate. But it was still just that thing where I'm like, this is so much power in your hand just from this one thing. Like, so mm-hmm. I can't even imagine why somebody is like, yeah, I need an assault rifle. Mm-hmm. Like and like that's how I felt with a, a handgun, you know, and I'm like, what would make you feel like? that's a thing you need to have, you know? I mean, cause I was frightened. Like I was just like, even just remembering it right now, I'm just like, I remember how I felt and that was in a controlled environment, you know? So there's, there's no need for it. There's this, <laughs> but you can't tell them that at all. Like you can't tell these people that they don't need, I mean, they, there's no reason for it. 
And he, they need to show the little boy whose spine was severed, I, you know, God, like again just... and again. And they need to show what just happened in um, Uvalde mm-hmm. over and over again. Exactly. And they Where the to... cops were so scared of a gun. Yeah. Um, that was an automatic weapon that they didn't yeah. yeah. Like, but, it, yeah. But that's the sad part. Like, none of that stuff, it keeps happening and it does not matter. It doesn't matter cops how need many. to speak up for themselves right now. Because their yeah. their jobs, their lives are at jeopardy with this because they can't do their jobs, really. I mean, they're in... They're, they're, it's a, it is the wild, wild west. Mm-hmm. It, it's, it's not going to be. It's here. And then we don't have a Supreme Court that's even protecting us. In New York, they, they overturned a law yeah. that's been here for, what is it, 100 years? Is it 100 I don't know how many years it was, but it's long enough that it's like, what the hell? Why? Mm-hmm. We what? What do you care? We're, <coughs> this is New York. Get out of our business. So, um, moving on to Trump's and them using this uh, GOP adds insult to injury as Brittany Griner remains jailed in Russia. I keep saying this that um, I, as much as I want to blast the story. I feel like there's something going on where the more we make it a story, the more difficult it is to get her. That is. I'm not sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I honestly don't. I mean, I, I don't think the government is dragging its feet here. I think when they said, you know, um, I mean, obviously I want her home, but I mean, when, when they said initially, like they were trying to keep it really low profile. It's like the bigger you make her seem to them, Mm -hmm. the bigger their ask is that Russia wants, the more they, they think they have a bigger bargaining chip. If you keep it out of, if you just let us handle it, because they're definitely, they're definitely trying. They were definitely trying. And so I definitely think I understand the frustration of her family. They want her home, but I think sometimes, you know, there are there are situations where there are people in our government who know a thing that we don't know and they know how to do things that we don't know, even though we all think we know what's best. There are people who have done this lifelong diplomats who understand that these people are in the middle of a war. They can ask for big shit. They could say, you better stop giving Ukraine guns. If you want her back, you better stop. You know what I mean? And then it's like, well, do you want to, how bad do you want her back? And so nobody said they want a prisoner swap. That's what we think they want. Those of us who know nothing. Mm -hmm. Right. So I just really think that maybe the best thing is to kind of, I mean, now it's, now it's kind of like, you can't put it back, you know, can't close Pandora's box, but it's like, yeah, I really feel like in in this case, I I think I honestly would have been like, maybe the government, should just get to government right now. Right. But I understand her family's <laughs> desires, of course, need to see her. And what do you say to people who think that Trump did a better job with Aesop Ro- Rocky? Suba, go ahead. Oh, <laughs> I was just going to say, didn't he get him uh, back from sw- like Sweden or some shit? Sweden. Yeah, that's a completely different situation than a country where borderline yeah. at war with than like getting him out of Sweden. That's psychotic. Yeah, dictatorship, I know. basically. You're right. It's like right. asking Justin Trudeau, hey, can we get him back from Montreal? <laughs> like it's it's not, it's not it's the not same the, thing. It's not the same thing. Yeah. All right. You're like, you know, put him on Amtrak. Sure. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's right. Him, yeah. Right. <laughs> the, the House Judiciary GOP said if this were Trump, she'd be mm-hmm. home. Who's the House? What? Oh, Who that? <laughs> Who's the house judiciary? Who that person? 
somebody who should not have access to that Twitter account. That's who it is. <laughs> Speaking of Twitter, Elon Musk, who I trash all the time mm. when anyone buys a car from them. Uh, I was telling like Tom Papa, uh, we were going back and forth. I was like, you shouldn't get a car from him. He's like, you're a socialist. I go, listen, look at his behavior, though. Tesla hit with another lawsuit alleging racism against black workers. A collection of former and current black Tesla employees have come together to file a lawsuit alleging they were subjected to various forms of racial abuse and harassment while working primarily in Tesla's Fremont, California factory. They were subjected to racist graffiti, slurs, harassment by co-workers, managers, and human resources. The workers also claimed that they were assigned to the most physically demanding jobs in Tesla or were constantly passed over for promotion. Their harassment, which occurred mostly at Tesla's, you know, factory, included using the terms the N-word, slavery, plantation, or making sexual comments such as, you know, likes booty. The lawsuits, <laughs> what? The lawsuit said adding that automakers' standard operating procedures include blatant, open, and unmitigated race discrimination. Now, here's my question. How do you prove it? Have they proved it? Um, how do you prove I mean, it? I assume you would have to have like photos of the graffiti and like stuff like that. Or, um, if you didn't tape somebody like getting enough witness accounts to be like, yeah, no, these people are saying these comments. Cause I think that's an important thing. Cause I know I've tried <laughs> obviously with, uh, employees at, at air at airport and they were like, we don't really we can't really prove that the woman you encountered was racist. Um, but this is like a different strain of racism than that passive aggressive. Like, we're not going to help you or we're going to tell you you're hostile when you're just asking for basic shit. Mm. It, they were like using racial slurs and like, why? That, that is wild. Like reading about what was going on at Tesla. It's like, holy shit, dude. <laughs> and it's like, if it's that wide and that open and that blatant and that accepted to me that's like that's like a company philosophy that's not just like oh that's a few that's like one person at the company because it's like from the top <clears throat> down nobody yeah you know yeah and, and, and you know you know uh elon musk isn't he south african mm -hmm. wasn't he born during apartheid mm -hmm. yeah okay it's all tracks uh... all right <laughs> he looks so evil in pictures. They always capture him. Have you seen his? Awful. Have you seen his, seen his pre hair plug pictures? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, Ooh, I don't not. think I have either. Ooh. Oh, you gotta oh, send that. Oh to my me. god! When I say, I'm like, this is why he's been acting up. <laughs> this is why. <laughs> this How is tall why. is he? Oh, I don't know. I just seen. I just seen that head. That That's where. Yeah, you gotta. Yeah. And now he screwed Twitter, which that was kind of like. I no, he like screwed himself. One. I don't know if he screwed oh, Twitter. Oh, because he got involved and then he realized, oh, Twitter's a bad company for me. I don't think that's what happened. Can you see it? Oh, gosh. Oh, he does. Look, let me take a screenshot. His mom is gorgeous. I, I've been following Twitter for a while on stocks. I've been doing a little stocks thing been looking at it and i was like yeah they're they're tanking big time they're very cheap right now they're about uh twitter is 33 dollars right now <laughs> they're very cheap <laughs> so if you want to invest in that stock go ahead if you want to but, but did he know. quit because i mean i thought it was mostly about 
He says that they had they weren't honest about the fact that they had so many bots and um, unverified accounts on their platform. That's what he's saying. No, he's lying. He's full of shit. I think it wasn't something like his financial backing for it fell apart because it was like based off of um, I forget. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So and so that started to plummet. It was like I. I'm going to get this wrong, so I probably shouldn't even say it, but like, because it was backed by his Tesla stock, um, his shareholders over there were um, something about his duty to his shareholders over there and in terms of investing in Twitter. Because when you buy things without real money, when your money, when you're, when you're, when your stock goes down, then you don't have what you thought you had, et cetera, et cetera. Oh, I see. Something like that. Kind of um, like what Netflix, like they cut all their employees to show their investors that they are saving money. And so it looks like reckless spending mm-hmm. when you ain't got yeah. it. Yeah. Is that what you mean? From from his point. Or did he I just not have enough liquid like cash, basically? That was, yeah. Well, yeah. he definitely wasn't even buying it with liquid cash. No. Yeah. yeah. So his money started to fall apart. And so he had to like pull out of the deal. And then he was like, he was doing all that typical shit of being like, oh, there's a ton of bots. They're like ex super liberal. Oh, They're doing all of this. Oh. Like, and they try, he was just shitting on Twitter, um, which it's like good. Good for that. Good for, I'm yeah, glad. Cause like, fuck you mm-hmm. for like trying to sell it to this dude who is going to dismantle the small amount of progress Twitter has made towards making it not the most toxic thing on the face of the planet. It is a beautiful thing to see them canceling each other out. <laughs> it is. Because he was going to re-add Trump to yeah. But he was very much like, I'm going to change the world. And I think he gets these, I saw this just threat of things that he was going to buy and change. It was like, <laughs> yeah, I think he does that. And then he just like gets, oh, he's like, I'm over it. <laughs> like, I'm going to make this better. I'm going to do this. I'm going to take my know-how and do what's your God That complex. ejaculator. <laughs> yeah, ejaculator. Which, did you see where he had um, some more kids with like somebody in yes. the company? Mm-hmm. Yes. Twins, yeah, right? Twins, yeah. He has like nine kids now. Which is just crazy. (laughs) With different women? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, wow. Twins from someone in the company, huh? Yeah, I think it might have been. I don't know if it was another C-level like person. Did they sign like a prenup or or, or was it non-disc? What do do you do? I I mean, we know about it. So it wasn't an NDS. Yeah. But yeah, I think, yeah, but another exec, but it's somebody very, you know, somebody high up and they're like, yeah, twins with her. And then apparently Nick Cannon was like, way to go. <laughs> um, <laughs> like he actually tweeted <laughs> to him. Which Did is, he really? Yes. That's, that's hilarious. That's, hilarious. Yeah. that's so yeah. funny. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I was like, that is wild. Wild. Two did did Wayne Ooh. did Wayne tweet too? <laughs> now I do want to mention this because I think it's important about um weed killers, disturbing weed killer ingredient. I've always known about this with Roundhouse, but and I just got in an argument with I can't help myself with my super because they were using too much bleach in the hallway. And I was like, dude, let's come on. Like every week we go through this, you know, like the dude is using like straight up all bleach too much in the hallways. That's bad for your lungs. Mm. You know, I know this. You should know this. I go, but weed killer. A lot of people aren't really 
informed or don't understand that dis- we that the um, disturbing weed killer ingredient tied to cancer is found in 80% of U.S. urine samples. More than 80% of urine samples drawn from children and adults in the United States Health Study contained a weed-killing ke- chemical called gly- gl- glyphosate or glyphosate. I don't know how to say it. Linked to cancer. A finding scientists have called disturbing and concerning. Academics and private researchers have been noting high levels of it in analysis. Look, because I don't want to say it again. <laughs> you see how I did that? <laughs> but you should know it's called herbicide glyphosate or glyphosate in analysis of human urine. Oh, yeah. I, okay. I think it's glyphosate. CDC. Or if I'm not. Glyphosate. Thank you. Super. I think so. Someone who went to school. No. <laughs> glyphosate. Yeah, but the CDC has only recently started examining the extent of human exposure to glyphosate in the United States, and it works comes at a time of mounting concerns and controversy over how pesticides in food and water impact human and environmental health. Now, this is important. It says here, more than 200 million pounds of glyphosate are used annually by U.S. farmers on their fields. The weed killer is sprayed directly over genetically engineered crops, such as corn, which is used in everything, soybeans, mm, that's why I get organic, and also over non-genetically engineered crops, such as wheat, oats, oatmeal. Ah, so this is why I always press for organic. Uh, people always go, why is it so expensive? Because you just don't know. And with the organic, even though they still kind of lie with the organics, at least you're making an attempt to know what is being used on your products. Mm-hmm. I see you're shaking your head, Subu. You agree? I mean, it's just really sad. And then, like, um, I think in the article they were saying something about how um, – I forget what organization it was in the American government. They were like, oh, glyphosate. So they're not like, if they're not cancerous, they're not this. But then the World Health Organization and like an international cancer organization was like, no, no, no. This chemical is actually very dangerous. You need to re-examine this shit. And then if you look, I don't know everything there is to know about Monsanto. I know there's a lot of talk of them being super evil, yes. um, but I haven't done my research there. I just know that. <laughs> and and any and they literally genetically engineered crops to be used with these pesticides. So there's a lot of money that went into that and to like make that the way farming uh, is done. And now that it's coming out that this is actually carcinogenic, you know, there's going to be a ton of like put towards like preventing the truth from coming out because farmers have put so much um, money into, excuse me, not farmers. uh, These giant like farming corporations have put so much money into like making this the route that they take in the way we do things. So it's just, uh, it just reeks of this is actually carcinogenic. This massive company has a ton of money invested into doing the things this way. So it just feels like they're trying to cover this shit up because it's happened time immemorial. Like it's like, here's a big company. They did something that causes cancer. This is where their money is. So they don't want to fix it. Mm-hmm. You got to advocate yeah. for yourself, folks. Always pay attention to where you live. There was a school in New Jersey, I believe, where most of the kids had brain cancer. Oh, gosh. Most of the kids? Yeah. 
Oh, I find I should have well, found terrible. that article. Let me find it real fast, and then we can get out. I know that sounds awful. Let's get out on the all no, the brain cancer. Yeah, let's go. Let's Google that because I need that to <laughs> right. be true. Right. Yeah. True. No, it's true. Um, 107 cases of brain tumors led to investigation at a New Jersey high school in Jesus. May. What high school? A Colonia High School. Colonia. Um, yeah. Do you know that school? Oh, you wow. know that. You know that school? Yeah, for sure. In Woodbridge, New Jersey, yeah, we used to play them. Central Jersey. His wife and his sister all had brain tumors, and he wondered if it was something about the high school that could have caused it, and that they discovered 107 former students and teachers had brain tumors. Yeah, that's did they Woodbridge. figure it out? Was it like something in the water? Radiation. It says, we are happy to announce that our extensive testing for both radon and radiation in the interior and exterior of the school building produced no evidence. That's what it's We're saying, causing hats, hazards. But something's going on. Uh, wow. Where my fiance's parents know. were from, a bunch of people had rare cancers because the government used to um, set off um, bombs or like deactivate bombs. So like a ton of people had rare cancer in that community. He said it was to the point where like sometimes your windows would break because they were de like setting off a bomb underground and then the government would like pay to replace your windows. And so like a bunch of folks from that community ended up with like rare cancers from them doing that type of shit. But Wanda has a great yeah. joke, doesn't she? Uh, is she still doing that about the when they would spray for mosquitoes and like the black kids would be out? Oh, yeah. Oh. They used to warn white, yeah. white communities, but black people. My like, mom, oh. she she said that in India, they had the DDT trucks and they didn't know better. She would like, we would chase mm -hmm. after them and play in the mist. Out. Yeah. I, no, I'm like, can I? You did? No, at, in in a, in a, um, where my, my grandparents lived in a very small town, they would, a truck would go through and we'd be like the bug truck. And I, to this day, I'm like, that's why I got titties when I was eight. Like, that's the only reason I think it happened. It used to be all in the back just, and we would chase the truck. Like I was like this. And it was, it didn't occur to me until years later. I was like, that was, why didn't anybody stop? <laughs> like we're yeah. playing in bug spray. <laughs> I mean. Now you can't yeah. live your life in fear, but I think you do need to be informed. And that's the only reason why I put this out here. Just, you know, that round killer and, and mis mis what is it? DDT, mis right? Mosquitoes. What is it? Yeah. And yeah, Monsanto, the company. Yeah. Is it Monsanto? Yeah. I get emails about them all the time because I joined this like little group. And then, but they were fine up until COVID. And then they were telling mm. people not to get vaccinated. I was like, I'm out now. I'm out. You guys got crazy on me. I was with you with all the health advisories and all this. And now you're like, it's like, you just got to look at the science and like what's out there. And like science is going to get shit wrong. It's period. End of sentence. It's fine. It's evolving. That is why it's science. And that is why it's the most accurate. So it's like there are actual scientific studies from accredited organizations going, hey, this is a problem because this chemical is carcinogenic, as opposed to like, there's not a lot of scientific founding for being like, oh, genetically modified foods are causing problems. There's no there's nothing really there scientifically. So it's just about like not only doing your research, but making sure you're getting your research from accredited organizations like the World Health Organization. Um, and I forget whatever Cancer Institute was behind this, but yeah, for sure. 
and John Hopkins, mm. I think. Right? Yeah, they're pretty good. I look at everything that comes out with them. I get their emails. So it tells me, like, I know people have stopped looking at COVID at all. Like, everyone's kind of done. Ugh. I could tell from my own family and, you know, everyone's pretty much done. But this VA one or the, the new one is is can get break through the vaccination. Mm -hmm. So there's it's nothing that can really protect you from it. But people aren't, as of yet, dying as much or they're not <laughs> reporting it really. And so... um People don't feel like it's that dangerous, but you. I think this is a crucial period of time and you want to brace yourself for anything that could happen because we don't know. It's uh, a new strain. Not to keep prolonging things. Sorry, I'm going to say one thing that is making me uh, hopeful. No, go in, Also, my computer's going to die, so I got to plug this in. But uh, in 2024, they're saying they might have a generic SARS uh, vaccine based off of nanoparticle technology. So it's like not even something that we have yet. And I'm like, oh, my God, please, for the love of God, let this shit work. <laughs> I'm, yeah, that yeah. would get every Every strain, strain and... Yeah. Um, okay potential coronaviruses that haven't even like uh mutated yet because it would be so uh effective and robust and i'm like oh wow. my god please let this work um so yes i want company, my life right? you know oh i i i don't know a company, company but i'm sure if you look up um generic like coronavirus vaccine and like nanoparticle nanoparticle mm -hmm. technology like i just saw that they were going to start human trials in 2024 so i'm very excited that's, that's a good <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> true <laughs> that's why i'm like i'm like what company <laughs> who is it i just because of noye i invested in a, a pharmaceutical company that's doing pretty nice. good i like to end on a positive note about this 26 year old entrepreneur who became one of the youngest black women to raise over 1 million in pre-seed funding it's in the Atlantic Black Star. In the process of raising funds for her fashion business venture, 26-year-old Amira Rasul has become the youngest black woman to raise more than $1 million in pre-seed funding for her brand, The Folklore Group. With the company, she blends her passion for African culture and her instinct for business. She raised $1.7 million in funding around from Slauson and Company and as a result became one of less than 200 black women entrepreneurs to earn over seven figures in venture funding of any kind. Rasul states that after using a grassroots strategy for four years, she used Techstars Accelerator Program to gain tools to approach investors with a confident pitch. Investors like WNBA star, uh, oh, uh, yeah. So, <laughs> uh oh, Keisha. Oh, Keisha. <laughs> you know, I can't say it. Will you, you, what's her name? How you say it? How you say that girl name, girl? In Nika, oh boy. Anyway, yes, that one. So she supported her idea to expand the e-commerce platform. If you want to see the name? Go to Atlantic. Go to Atlantic Black Star. <laughs> anyway, I just think it's a great story, and it's something to be inspired by. I want to thank you all for being here today. Uh, we go out. Uh, what you're doing next? Um, yeah, no, it's been, you guys are a really fun group. So thanks. You're so smart. All of you are just brilliant women. And I miss you, Sue, but I don't, I haven't seen you in a while. Oh, I know. I miss you too. Uh, thanks for not wearing my shirts, my cold shoulders. <laughs> um, so before your computer goes out, where can our listeners find you? 
So anything I'm up to, you can just like all my updates and everything are on my website. If you just go to s-comedy.com, uh, it also has my social media, everything on there. And with friends like us, uh, you have open and honest conversations where everyone listens. Thank you. Mia? Oh, let's see. Well, um, Mia Jackson, everybody. And um, social media, Mia Comedy, Twitter, Instagram. I don't, I'm not as active as I could be as a person. Um, website, MiaJackson.com. Also terrible about updating, <laughs> updating that as well. Shameful. I'm not doing great. Guys. So basically, they can't find you online. <laughs> we can't find you. If you want to find me, find Erin. Tag her. <laughs> What's going on? <laughs> then she'll tag me. Then we'll... But um, okay, with with friends like us, there's always someone there to tell you the new updated mm. term to use. Hmm? Mm. We keep each other accountable. How about that? <laughs> I love it. Yes, Erin. You can find me at EJ the Comic on all the places, and um, watch the Upshaws. I guess I'm gonna have to say that again for like the fifth time. Please watch it on Netflix. Borrow somebody's password. Watch it. <laughs> do whatever you got to do. And with friends like us, we will keep it real with you and tell you when you need to look inward at yourself. That's I true. Don't I don't know. Uh, that that's is that's <laughs> good. Because we did. T- mm. We talked about that. We, yes. I love it. Marina Franklin here. Just go to my website, marinafranklin.com to find all things and um Hey, a new feature is available on our recording site where you get to be invited backstage. Here's the thing. You got to sign up for our Patreon page. So go there and then you can be a guest backstage and watch this in real time. And you can add your comments. You could like be one of those people that come at us. And with friends like us, don't watch Because <laughs> we'll have a really good comeback and I will write a letter. <laughs> Check us out.